This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What is the real life common fear that has actually happened to you. This is the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. 651-641-1071. Uh, like getting stuck in an elevator, getting locked in a library, uh, f- getting stuck in a ditch. 651-641-1071. What's the real life common fear that has actually happened to to you. Why are we asking? Oh my gosh, you guys. I thought Why? I got stuck last night in the car wash. And oh, I how do you get have, stuck in a car wash? It happens. Does it? Really? Yes. I learned this because I tweeted. I was, so I'm in the car wash last night because I was dr- sick of driving around with that mud, yep. dirt storm slung all over my car that we all had the other day. And I'm in the car wash. I love a car wash. Who doesn't love a car wash? It's just fun, right? And it paused for a very long time, like an unnaturally long time. Like I go to car washes. Some of my best friends are car (laughs) washes. I like to visit the car wash. Like the whole thing shut down or it just stopped? It just uh, like stopped. Okay. And then. How long did it go before it started again? Well, not as dramatically long as I would make it sound, oh, okay. but like it probably like, do, was it a problem or it like do you think minute. it was just like, wait, Oh, a minute's a long time. It was. And I was sort of like, I don't know what to do because, and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay. And I was actually trying to was search the water the, still going. There was like a drop. There was like drops but coming, it wasn't like, but it wasn't like raining on and the rainbow suds were nowhere yet. The smelly ones, I like them. I know. So I'm like going through my phone trying to find the number of the gas station where I am, (laughs) thinking I'm going to call them and just be like, Help! I'm I'm stuck in the car wash! wash." And then all of a sudden it was like, and then it started again, and then rainbow suds. And I was like, okay, that was fun. But I did have to have that moment of like, what is my strategy and plan to get out of here? Little did I know that that is a far more common occurrence apparently because i had people tweet me that were like yeah i got out of i had to get out of my car okay in the car wash and i was just praying that the water wouldn't start spraying while i was running out six five one six four one one oh seven happened to me right it it is a little unnerving uh, your first instinct is to be like i have to go to the bathroom right now just because you're like yeah what is the one thing i can't do right now yeah uh okay so what is the real life common fear that has actually happened to you? 651-641-1071. We have Colleen Let's on go the to line. The phone. Hi, Colleen. 
Hi, how are you guys? Good. Good, Colleen. What's that common real-life fear that's actually happened to you? Um, well, I actually have been in a, stuck in an elevator twice, but what I wanted to call and tell you was I had a spider in my shoe. Oh, so oh God. Had, it was gross. I had bought a new pair of shoes. Getting This was years ago. I'm still traumatized by this. I don't blame <laughs> so you. I was probably in my 20s, and I'm now 50s, so it's kind of scary. Mm. But anyway, um, so I bought a new pair of shoes, get ready for camp, you know, blah, 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 and uh, stick my thing, my foot in my shoe, and I couldn't get my foot all the way in the shoe. <gasps> And I'm like, oh, there must be tissue paper in there. No, no. no. So I stick my hand in my shoe. No. And as I do that, something wraps around my finger. No! 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 <laughs> and it was like from the tip of my finger to like my middle knuckle. It was no. Colleen. Of spider. Colleen. No. And I freaked out. What did you do? It took me like 45 minutes to put my shoes on. I would never wear shoes again. Did I you, would just be barefoot forever. What did you do? Fling the spider? Put your Oh, yeah. Sh- it, they like thudded when I hit the floor. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh. And I just flipped it. Oh, my God. And then I stood there and watched it for a while to make sure it was dead. That okay. is terrifying. Thank I you. I don't want to know about these things. Thank you. Thank you for your call, Colleen. Um, I will say I still am traumatized, and this happened when I was a teenager when I picked up my jeans once and like gave them a little like flick before I put them on my legs, and a spider crawled out the leg. Ooh, yeah. I was like, nah, yeah, nope. We shan't be doing that. No, we shan't be doing that. Let's go to Sierra. We have Sierra on Hi, the Sierra. line. Hi, Sierra. What is the real life common fear that's actually happened to you? Hey guys. Um, well, I've got two that I, one I just thought of, I got stuck at the top of a roller coaster for like 45 minutes. Oh but, no, no, thank you. But the one that I called about was I was getting my wisdom teeth pulled out. I, they put me under because I'm terrified of dentists. This didn't help. I woke up from the anesthesia while they were pulling no, no, the no. teeth, like nope. they were had to use a hammer. Nope. But I could not tell them that I was awake. Oh, God. No. That's like a nightmare. At least. Oh. Yeah. That is traumatic. Could you feel it? Uh, yeah, definitely feel it. Oh, no. Because they were, the teeth were impacted, so they had to use hammers and. Uh. Oh, God. I <laughs> bet you still wake up in a cold sweat on occasion thinking about that. I have to take drugs, get gas, and use a weighted blanket when I go to the dentist. Oh, my gosh. Of course you, you do. Sierra, I swear, I've seen, like, uh, you know, news magazine stories about people that have had that happen. Yeah. And it is a They've had fear. to put a note in my chart saying that my body metabolizes um, Novocaine and anesthetics faster than normal. Oh, my god! Well, at least you figured that out. And I yeah. hope that you don't have to figure it out again. Yeah, Sierra. Oh, thank you for your call. I'm so sorry. Let's go to Stacy. Stacy's on the line. Stacy, what's the real life common fear that has actually happened to you? Well, first of all, I want to say car wash. Totally agree with you guys. Right? Right. That's just it happened to me. Oh, yeah, okay. it's like scary. Um, but my thing is, is my family is the women in my family are known for reacting to anesthesia. So when I needed my surgery, I was worried that okay, I'm not going to come out of the surgery well. Mm-hmm. Well, I coded for over a minute <gasps> on oh two different God. occasions oh in the last 10 years. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, God. That honey. is terrifying. That is terrifying. Yeah, and the last one was just in June. Oh, my God. Well, we're so glad you're here. Yes. We're, so, yeah. we're glad that, uh, that you're here and uh, hope that you're healthy. 
And then, I am. I'm getting better. Yeah. Good. good. So yeah. glad to hear it. Stacy, thank you. Thank you, Stacy. For your call, let's go to Betsy and let Betsy have the final word. Betsy, what's the real life common fear that's actually happened to you? I was on a road trip with my daughter, and uh, we were on roads that were slightly slippery. It was a highway, and she was going to pass this vehicle, and I said, no, let's not do that. The road is a little slippery. And she says, oh, Mom, I've got this. <clears throat> we were heading east. Uh-oh. We completely came around, crossed the highway, ended up going down into the ditch facing east on the eastbound side of the road. But it was winter, of course, and we missed the mailbox, <gasps> and we missed an electric pole. And we had such a soft landing, our seatbelts didn't even catch. Oh, my because God. Because the, the snow was so deep, it just kind of pillowed us. Oh, so, my gosh. Betsy. And, and yeah, I know about bugs in pants. I put my work pants on one time after hanging them outside. Oh, no. Holding them up at, at dusk. And I had a bumblebee in there, and he stung my knee five times. Oh, oh my God. word! Oh. Betsy, thank, thank you, you for Betsy. your call. I'm, I'm glad, glad everybody's okay. Uh, I'll read just a couple that we got on Twitter. Megan said, while teaching in Budapest, I got stuck in a friend's bathroom. Uh, we Americans were gathered for dinner. There was a weird hole in the bottom of the door, so they passed me dinner. Oh, I did get out eventually, obviously. Uh, let's see. Uh, and our friend Panda said two summers ago, a bat kept getting into my house. No, it got in three no. different times. Finally, oh. I got in touch with someone who took the bat and drove it far away from my house. I, how do you know it was the same bat? Yeah, like it. it well, maybe it had a certain look. Maybe it announced itself. It had a hairdo. Um, oh my too. goodness. Uh, well, thank you everybody Thanks, for making us um, scared about the same things again. Uh, when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, you guys remember yesterday we were talking about in uh, our D bag segment yep. about Alec Baldwin posting that picture of Helena Hutchins a year after her death. Well, we had some questions. We were trying to remember how it all happened and why it would be beneficial to her widower to become a producer of the movie. Well, I have the answer. All right. I have the answer thanks to the Hollywood Reporter based on what some legal analysts have said about that settlement. So I'm going to try to be a legal analyst a little bit when we come after this on My Talk 1071. Well, yesterday on the Colleen and Bradley show, my talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer, uh, during our D bag segment, uh, we had been talking about uh, Alec Baldwin commemorating the year anniversary of the loss of Helena Hutchins with a photograph of her behind the camera on the set of Rust. Yeah. And um, it just was sort of ill-advised, didn't land well, uh, people had opinions. But in that conversation, we were uh, kind of trying to feel our way through the storyline of what has happened, transpired since the Rust shooting with... Uh, a settlement involving Matthew Hutchins, the widower of Helena Hutchins, and the movie Rust and the fact that they're going to go back into production and they've listed him as an executive producer. 
And we were kind of wondering about it in a way that we didn't hadn't before. And I have some answers about oh, what that's all about, or all at least right, what so we what think happened. happened. Because I don't know if you remember this, but prior to that settlement, he had been very public, uh, critical of the production team. Oh, certainly. And for good reason. Um, And there's a lot of reasons to be critical of the production team. This is an accident that happened on set. And there were a lot of things that went wrong leading up to the shooting. And you'd understand that like in a situation like that, you'd want to legal your way through that. Absolutely. So it was sort of a confusing turn of events that part of this settlement named him as the executive producer. And they announced that they would go forward and finish the film. So uh, the terms of that actual settlement are obviously confidential, but the Hollywood Reporter talked to some uh, lawyers, some legal experts, and they outlined what they believe happened or why it sort of has sure, come out they read this the way. Tea leaves. Exactly. So the the producers behind uh, RMP, which is the production company that is producing Russ. Okay. And that stands for Rust Movie Production. And if I remember correctly, I think Holly, we had talked about this early in the production or right after the 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 incident about how this was structured differently from other films. Oh, yeah. So the production of Rust, the financing, the producing, who gets paid is structured in a very specific way. And I can't speak to it in detail right now yeah. but it well, Alec it, Baldwin kind of talked a little bit about this in trying to clarify his role uh-huh but it had you know it sent the old spidey senses tingling and as much as that making a movie rust isn't about the actual movie that's being made it's about the tax breaks that the folks making the movie get ding 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 so RMP is basically a production company that exists solely to make rust meaning it exists as its own business entity okay. so it is it is not a production company that is going to produce many movies like it it was sure, just it was for that movie assembled just for that movie which means there's a limit to how much a person might be entitled to of that bi- yeah. business. It's a, it's like a small, think of it as like a small business. Yeah, it limits people's liability. Exactly. And so in order for Matthew Hutchins to get the maximum out of this production company okay. in some compensation yeah. for the rust incident, yeah. the best way that they could ensure that he would make money out of the situation is to become an executive producer then thereby putting him in that financial waterfall so that he can and so that's why like it felt like an abrupt about face but it really was a legal strategy to entitle him to part of the production so it sounds like what you're saying is that somebody looked at the numbers and said you would be far better to become an executive producer which the you know team is willing to make you thereby you know uh, recouping money that you wouldn't be able to through like a traditional lawsuit against the production company correct okay right and that so now that was but that's one strategy there were other strategies that he could have pursued that that would have required him to go after entities that had made up the production company individually, but that's so this, risky. So this was businessing. This, this was, was like tax law. 
total businessing occurring before our very eyes. So now he's at least in tight. There was a limit before. Now there's, I mean, there's still a limit, but he will be now entitled to a larger percentage of the assets because the assets were so small. Did he give up his right to like sue the the people that were perhaps liable? You know what? That we don't know. And that would be a term of the settlement that would be confidential. But I would, I would imagine that that is probably part of it, but there's probably part of it in the sense that you'd see where the people would say, yeah, we'll give you this thing, but you can't sue us for it. Right. But that must've worked out still in his favor because otherwise you'd imagine his representation would not sign up for that. But remember this was only in the, the case involving him and the production, got it. There's still, I mean, there's still like multiple um, crew members who have filed suit well, for still potential work criminal conditions. litigation. I mean, somebody could be held accountable still, yeah, criminally. So there's all kinds of stuff still happening with this movie, which also answers for us why they actually are doing like going forward with the production. Now we know why that is. Yeah. Because if it is really about him getting some sort of financial piece of that, then it makes more sense. It also seems kind of risky. Like what happens if it's not financially successful or that, you know, some criminal liability shuts it all down? Well, there's something called Hollywood accounting. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that could possibly there's take a lot it, of dice yeah. rolling yeah. happening. This seems like a gamble. Isn't it wild? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's an interesting thing, but it's, it is the reason why we're still talking about rust. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's still happening. It's all still happening. Yep. It's not been resolved. Yeah. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we've got celebrities behaving badly. We call them. Jeebus! And we're going to tell you all about them when we return. Celebrities behaving badly. They do it so often. We created an entire segment about it on the Colleen and Bradley show. My Talk 1071, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley Trainer. And we have a name for these people, entities, etc. We call them D Bags. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Science again. Science is my D bag. I'm a little concerned that you keep making something that actually is not a D bag. Your D bag. Maybe it's not actually science. Okay. Maybe it is a. um, It's maybe it's art. Okay. Maybe it's art Art? today. All right. Tell me more. And usually I like art. Uh, Some of my best friends are art, but this particular type of art that's called. Small world microscopy. Oh, you with the bugs again. What's going on? So remember the other day? It was Monday. Yeah. I know because it's been in my nightmares. I brought you the microscope photograph of an ant's face. I think it was Satan, but sure, ant. There's more. There's more where that came from. Oh, more Satan? Yeah, I'd like for you to open up the link and... um, Scroll down to that photograph of that insect. I don't know what it is. I that think it's insect. A, I think it's a spider. Okay, hold on. And then feel free to Oh, click. hi there. Oh my god. That's a lot of eyeballs. There's um there's there's more of these insect faces and they are demonic. Ooh. You guys. Ooh. This is the you know, stuff actually, of nightmares. Yeah, I, I will grant you. I think this uh, mostly this 
um, Angelica Stibby. Oh, no, she's the writer. <laughs> That's the caption under this thing. Yeah, I this? don't know what any of these things are. The, the, the ant uh, thing, I, whatever that is with the, the big antennae. Yeah, there's like a, okay, here are some of the things you'll see. A red speckled jewel beetle. That's what that is. A bold jumping spider. Um, the spider looks kind of cute. I will say the thing I was fascinated nope. by was the um, like grains of sand. Yeah. That was kind of Yeah, cool. that is kind of cool. I mean, there are, listen, but yeah, that's the, the thing. The ant, I think, still far and away the creepiest. The scariest thing you've ever seen. I don't understand. The butterfly egg, I'm confused by. Uh, I don't know which one that is. That's, it looks like a green jewel on like a. On like a windy thing? Yeah. How do you know that that's the butterfly egg? Uh, because I saw this somewhere else. Oh, okay. Because it's think all it's part beautiful. of this Nikon Small World collection. Yeah. And listen, uh, you know, I'm here for tiny things uh, up close. Just, uh, just not, not insect ants. faces. Like, yeah. I'm good. Like, that's the thing. Don't ruin the thing for me. I'm not meant to see an ant up close. True. They're adorable when they're just marching in line. Well, you, I didn't know that like, they were satanic. You just feel like, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, gosh. 80s star. Mm-hmm. Sh- honey, I shrunk the kid. Rick, uh, yeah, Moranis. Rick Moranis. Yeah. I mean, basically, you don't want to be Rick Moranis. No. Or Lily Tomlin back no. in the day. No. So, anywho, anywho, that's, I just... All I'm saying is scroll through those photographs with caution. caution. Because some of the things are beautiful, and then you'll be scrolling beauty, 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 scary. It's, you know. I mean, isn't that the way? Yeah, I mean, that's life, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Beauty, 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 Walk right into it. True. It's very true. Yeah. I want to welcome it when I'm ready. You don't want it to be eight feet tall and coming for you. No, thank you. That's the in my nightmares. Stuff of nightmares. Thank you. Bradley Trainer, who's your diva? Oh, this lady, Sumley. What's her name again? Dame Judy Dench? I, I feel like, heard of her. I feel like you called her a D-bag recently. I, well, you? I did off the record because it was she wasn't a part of the official D-bag segment uh when we talked about this. Ah, but this is but on I was the catching record. you up, I think, about um because you missed this whole kerfluffle. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Uh, we talked about it yesterday. So, audience, you might have been around last week when we discussed Dame Judi Dench's opinion about Netflix's fifth season of The Crown. She decided to uh, peep uh, a little opinion, which she's entitled to. But she went all in saying that The Crown, uh, the series on Netflix, needed to post a disclaimer at the beginning of the fifth season because of some problematic storylines. And mostly we determined that perhaps those storylines didn't paint her friend Camilla Parker Bowles, a.k.a. the Queen Consort, in such a pretty light. Mm-hmm. And they've had ice cream together. They're old pals. They're besties. Right? She's pals with the King and the Queen Consort. So it, this seemed a little self-serving. Mm-hmm. So that was the story. Okay, so what's what happened now? The reason she's my D-bag today is the following headline. <clears throat> Judy Dench reportedly almost starred in Netflix's cruelly oh! unjust to use her own word series The Crown. Yeah. You know, she lambasted or lambasted, however you baste your turkey, uh the Netflix series, but it turns out 
Uh, sources at the Crown divulge that Dench, uh, du- Judy Dench. <laughs> Did you almost call her Duty? No, of course, of course not. Course you would never do that. Do that. She's a she dame. Is dame, a dame. J- Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. Apparently. Was in talks to play the queen mother herself. Oh, you know, and, and not only this was, you know, because I thought when I first saw this, well, maybe they were like, "Hey, Judy, would you ever?" And she was like, "Bleep that, kids! Mm-hmm. You're not nice to my friends." But no. that's not the case. No, apparently. Uh, now again, this is for the current season. Yeah, the okay. one that she thought there should be a disclaimer. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, went on for weeks. The negotiations did between her and uh, so the, the Netflix we're people. in deep now. Yeah. Like she's going she's in the so running. far that she actually met with the production team. She allegedly, supposedly supported the script. Quote, dug the script. Both sides were taking it seriously. Hmm. Now there are a few reasons that she didn't take the role. Money. Well, what would the stated reason be? Well, because it was unkind to her friend Camilla. Oh, it's it's just it's uh, you know taking the role could compromise her relationship with the royal family. Mm-hmm. You know, she is a friend of Queen Camilla. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in addition, it apparently seems that um, it was the role itself of Queen Mother was too small for someone of her stature. The outlet also states now this is the Times. This is not from her herself. So this could all be lies. Okay, but I already am having a reaction. Which is? The role of the queen was too... Queen mother. Sorry. Oh, the queen mother was too small for someone of her... Well, and I think specifically because Emma Staunton, who plays the queen this season, right? Yeah, Imelda Staunton. Imelda. What did I say? Emma? Uh, Imelda uh, Staunton, who is playing the queen, is, you know, the... I think the inference is that perhaps her star is not as bright yes as dame as dame judy, judy dench, dench and therefore dame judy dench to play a character who perhaps stands behind the queen mm-hmm. was not up to her standard mm-hmm. that is the inference mm-hmm. perhaps i just find this to be all very interesting from a woman who is very vocal mm. in her opposition and it just seems a little convenient you ask yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. There's like a sour grape cruelly, thing that feels like it's cruelly unjust. It's yeah. easy to be cruelly unjust after you've you know figured out that the money's not there mm-hmm. or the prestige is not there, or and that again, it's just beneath I, you altogether. I also love Judy Dench. Let me be clear. I'm making a lot of, uh, out of perhaps uh, a little too much out of this, but I'm enjoying the hypocrisy here. Um, because it just seems so obvious. I love Judy Dench. Uh, some of my best friends are Judy Dench. Judy Dench. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, it's just so unseemly yeah. to be like, I'm going to be so vocally outspoken against this drama. After you were, like, halfway down the road of negotiations to be a part of it. Yeah, especially when, uh, just for the record, this is not real. No. No. And this is not like. There was a problematic storyline, you know, that that no. was, I don't know. There are just so many real things in a world that an actor of her stature should stand up for. The Netflix series, The Crown, putting up a disclaimer for foreign audiences. Yeah. I don't know that yeah. that's really important at your level there, Dame. Yeah.
dame. Is that what you call her? When you're having tea with her? What's up, dame? When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, I want to tell you about why this is a lesson in why you may think you want to be internet famous, Mm. but you absolutely don't want to be internet famous. Um, It's a cautionary tale and it involves an emu named Emmanuel, a farm and uh, his best friend. After this, on the Colleen and Bradley Show on My Talk 1071. Ah. Hey, My Talkers, Bradley here for the Snyder Tea with the XP Realty. Okay, I want to tell you about listener Jeff, My Talk listener Jeff. He decided to make the move with the Snyder team, and he's glad he did. Jeff's house needed a little work uh, to get ready for the market. Jennifer immediately took action. I've told you this many times. She will go to whatever lengths is necessary to make sure there's a successful sale. Her and her team, uh, or she and her team rather, staged the house, captured the essence of the house beautifully to get it sold in just a few days. The Snyder team are pros when it comes to preparing your home for the market and assuring you get the highest price possible. Other retailers are spreading their arms, promoting themselves, but the Snyder team is holding your hand, assuring you personalized service you need when selling or buying a home. It's time for you to make the move. And if that's the case, make it with Jennifer and the Snyder team. 651-592-6600 or make your move over to their website at thesniderteam.com. Uh-oh, I'm about to burst some bubbles. Uh, this is the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Like rap? Ugh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. This is the Colleen and Bradley show, My Talk 1071. Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer. Hi. I don't know that I have as much joy associated with the b- bubbles I'm about to burst here, oh, including great. but not limited to my actual husband. Oh. Who Well, by all means, burst ours. Well, you're 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 actually easy to burst cuz you don't have bubbles around this, I don't think. No, um, I don't know what we're talking about. Okay, so uh, this is a this is a, a case study on why you actually don't want to become internet famous. Oh, great. And um I've already I mean, gotten I already knew that, but I, I know cuz uh, we have seen this before. Oh, have we ever? And you're about to see it again. Right. Um, if I say the name Emmanuel the Emu to you, do you know what that means? No. When I first saw that on the uh, topic list for today, I thought, is that the one from uh, Liberty? No. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Is that an emu? No. Yes, but that's Limu Emu. The emu. Limu the Emu. Yeah, this is a different one. Um, and this is actually, okay, so this kind of went viral. I'm going to say it was a few months ago. Maybe in July, it was over the summer. This video went viral of a female farmer. Uh, she actually does have a farm. It's called Knucklebump Farms. Okay. Um, and an emu, an emu, emu, emu. Yeah, that's how you say it. Emu, that, emu, I mean, emu. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Sure, great. She has an emu who she she's trying to do educational videos and the emu always gets in the way and his name is Emmanuel and then she talks to him. Now, I don't have the actual video that went viral from her TikTok, okay. but what I have is a like a follow-up one and there's multiple versions of this, but this is kind of what it sounds like a little bit. And Richard those are Rias, and those are actually more similar to Emmanuel. Emmanuel, don't do it. Emmanuel, do not do it. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Todd Lopez. Emmanuel. So what's, what's happening is the emu always gets in the shot and gets into the camera and sometimes will start to peck at the camera. And it is funny 
and it is adorable, and that is why it went viral. It went, it got so big and got passed around so viral. She, the farmer, okay, ended up going on. Um, her name is Taylor Blake. Ended up going on Jimmy Fallon, and they did a whole Emmanuel thing. Emmanuel is a big deal. It's a whole thing. People started following Knuckle Bump Farms on all the social media, and a tragedy happened. Oh no. I know. See, I'm going to take you on a journey. Just recently, uh, according to Taylor and all of her social media, uh, a bunch of birds came in and attacked all of the birds on their farm and took them all out, like gave them all avian bird flu. And most of them died. But Emmanuel the emu emu, um, ended up sustaining some stress. And has had some rehabilitation. Okay. So she's been documenting the rehabilitation. Okay. Terribly sad story. Sure. I don't know how much of that is true. Why? Because what I do know is the internet okay. loves you until the internet. Oh. Well, people are going to go to work real fast anytime somebody goes viral to make sure that you, uh, you know. Yep. Yeah. Until the internet realizes you made racist tweets in oh the my early, god yeah the what? early two thousands so this so what people have started to dig up about everybody's favorite um, and by the way Taylor Blake uh, identifies as a lesbian she has a female uh, partner that lives on the farm with her that owns this farm with her okay. So the reason I bring that up is because that is kind of part of the story of her backstory and how she's been trying to go viral since like 2010 in multiple ways. Okay, so she's been trying to go viral. The one of them and you might recognize some of the stories, um, but I didn't know about them, but they did. They did sort of like have some middling success along the way. One of them was that she did a series where she was dating somebody else, not her current uh, partner, but the person, a person she was dating uh, earlier in 2000, where she would write a journal entry to this person every time she saw them. And then after a while of many, many journal entries, she presented the journal to the woman and asked her to be her girlfriend. And then You know, people, of course, because love, journal, the most romantic thing in the world, it got passed around a little bit. Okay. But not like Emmanuel. Another thing that she did is she developed a character called Karen, and she would post as Karen, and she had an entire, um, like, account devoted to this Karen Karen. character. Again, not, but not a farmer, not... A bird farmer. Yep. And then there was a whole other time that she tried to go viral by saying some pretty overtly racist things. Okay. This is a, is this the the tweets you're talking about? Yes. Okay. And so she tries to go viral being a racist. That was one of her attempts. It was, it didn't, it was not successful. Now okay. what's interesting about th- this. I don't understand. People. I know. But one of the things that is to me was an early, should have been an early sign of something being hinky about this. My husband and I asked very early on when this went viral, we would watch her videos and she was always trying to do some sort of educational video on her knuckle bump farm. Yeah. 
And we were like, where did the, because all they are, are these educational videos being interrupted by the animals. And then she interacts with the animals and that's funny. Ha ha ha. But you never see the actual video or who it's for. Or do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, it's, it's meant to look like she's producing these educational videos for who we don't know and it's not like she's been doing like an educational tiktok site no for years. there's not an account it's for the a, actual video it's a shtick it is a shtick and so which again i mean people uh you know people have tried this worse like this is i mean th- there are so many obvious examples when you're trolling through social media of some you're like that person is really trying very hard well, good luck to them and the thing that sort of sparked all of the research around this or people going down these deep dives about her is because it is a little bit suspicious i'm not saying i don't have i don't have a firm opinion on this i'm just saying it's a little suspicious that the avian bird flu would come through your farm a bird flu that is that is transmittable to humans from birds, yeah, and that you would be curled up cuddling the emu. Oh, you're saying perhaps that's a little too convenient of well, a storyline. That a lot of people asked a lot of questions about that because yeah. that would be not a healthy situation. Well, she did actually report because you have to report an and incident like that. Um, to the appropriate government body, and she did, and there is actually a report on file. But what they do when something like that happens, apparently, is they go in and clear your area of all birds, including emus. And so there's question about why Emmanuel got to stay, and then why she was behaving as though he had been affected by bird flu, and that he was rehabilitating from that and then she came forward and was like you guys he doesn't have bird flu and he never did but she had behaved as though he did yeah so actually this doesn't seem as depressing as i thought you were making it in the sense that like this is not a case where somebody goes viral and somebody you know like inadvertently like the the internet goes to every length to like i don't know find the, the worst Unearth thing the about worst a person. Things, yeah. It's clear from the very little that you've just explained to me that this is a person who's been trying very hard to get attention and it wasn't, that didn't fit well with people, meaning they were like, something doesn't add up here and the only thing an internet loves to do more than call out people for bad behavior, um, in some cases rightly so, uh, especially if, if they're trying to go viral for being racist. I still don't understand that and I hope... Uh, whatever anyway it will never make sense It'll, Bradley. that's make why sense. yeah well it shouldn't right mm-hmm. but um but my point is um the only thing the internet loves to do more than call somebody out for bad behavior is like do math and right. like if the math doesn't work if somebody at some point will go wait a minute this is just a little too convenient mm-hmm. and usually where there's smoke there's fire so if she is trying to go viral with something that's not particularly genuine it probably isn't the first time and it sounds like from the other examples that you've shared that you know she's just this this is a story of a person who's been trying to go viral despite uh you know the reality of whatever is in their life. And, you know, and and she would have gotten away with it if it weren't for, I don't know, the internet, but also the fact that she never through all of her reinventions of her personal storyline, she never changed her handle on 
Twitter. Yeah. Ooh. On, mm-hmm. So like, yeah. So it's, it's not hard it's to sort uncover of like this mystery. She made her own bed and now she's seeing what happens when you do achieve that viral fame that you've been seeking and you have a history. Not to not to be too hopeful. I feel like the most depressing thing is she'll probably end up getting some sort of deal out of this. Okay. And that's, yeah, you're probably right. Because okay. sadly, we've seen that all too often. I hope not. But anyway, that fascinating story. It really, I mean, it truly is. And like going down, there's a lot of rabbit holes to go down and I barely scratched the surface. All right. So FYI, they're out there though, if you want them. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, Pizza's Court. I don't even know if I can talk about this pizza after this. Pizza! For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today. Okay.